From lifestyle, fitness, beauty, travel, relationships, and self-care, Steph's got you covered. Welcome to your safe space, where you can stop what you're doing, relax, and let someone else do the heavy lifting for once. This is the Luxury Dropout Podcast with your host, Stephanie Joplin. What's up, fellow dropouts? It's me, Stephanie Joplin, your host of the Luxury Dropout Podcast. Now, the woman next to me may look familiar to you because she is, in fact, my mother. This is Jane. Hello. (laughs) And I thought for Mother's Day, um, we would do a Mother's Day episode in tribute to my most amazing mother, who I don't know how she puts up with me, but she's still here. I love you to bits. (laughs) (laughs) So um, my mom was born and raised in England. And then her father was also from England. And her mother, my nonna, she was from Italy. So that's where we get our Italian side of our family. And I think that her childhood really shaped my own childhood because I I think that she wanted to make sure that I had like a worldly understanding of everything like she did. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. And, um, and because of that, my sister and I, I have found have had so many more advantages and opportunities and cultural understanding when we've traveled places. And I just want to say thank you, mom, for, doing that for us you're more than welcome (laughs) that was like a little acknowledgement for mother's day um so what i want to talk to you about is mother-daughter relationships and like how i think fundamentally in life it's so important to have a good relationship not only with your parent but with as a daughter with a mother i feel like that is probably one of the most shaping relationships that a woman can have because uh, and ever changing right ever evolving ever evolving and uh with lots of love and encouragement you sort of uh, go forwards letting go as well mm-hmm. that's a hard one yeah and so uh of course the relationship changes right and it's hard not to take things personally you know when it's your daughter or when it's your mother and you get in an argument. It's it's so hard because you, it's the person you love the most. Argument? Yeah, we don't. Nah. We've never argued. Never ever. Not mm. even in high school, right? <laughs> never. Not, not, not once. Not much. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when maybe when you um, found out those two times that I wasn't where I was going to say I was, or I did. I didn't end up where I said I was going to be. Maybe three times. Maybe, maybe four. Times. And I followed her with her dad. Yeah. In the car. Yeah, they did. And surprised her. They did. But it's okay because, like, I, you know, I really wasn't up to any bad news, but I definitely wasn't where I said I was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly innocent stuff. It was just testing the boundaries, you know, a little bit. And and a child should do that, right? Yeah. Of course, my sister never did because she saw that I got in trouble. No, she would phone me all the time. Mom, I'm here. They're all drinking beer and I'm not. Oh, <laughs> what a little rat. I love you, Sissy, if you're listening. Um, so, yes, so ever-evolving, ever-changing. But, you know, in terms of when you do argue, right, it's so hard, especially for me, a person with anxiety, as you know, 
um, not to take things personally. So when, so for example, when she is mad at me, it's like my world is ending, you know, like I remember we got into a fight last summer and you didn't talk to me for a few days, maybe a day or two. It seemed like a week, but it probably was like a day and a half. And I just remember feeling like so alone and so sad. And I was like, you know, I understood why, but then I just took it so personally, like it was like a personal attack on me, like, oh, she doesn't love me or, oh, I did this. So she doesn't love me anymore. Um, but I think I want to start off with like, as an, like when you're, when you're with an adult child, an adult daughter, and they do something that you really disapprove of, but you have to recognize that they're also an adult. How do you deal with that? First of all, first things first, hold your breath (laughs) and don't speak whatever comes into your head and automatically comes out of your mouth because that is a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm pretty calm. You are. And so sometimes you get a little heated. I I do, but I really do try to stop myself Mm -hmm. and think very hard before I say something because I don't want to say something that is hurtful yeah uh, or mean or whatever so whatever I say is always I try to be measured very very measured in what I say Mm -hmm. and then hopefully I you know you feel your way through the conversation Mm -hmm. because hopefully there is a conversation and uh, the last thing you need to do is to you know, just let go of of all your emotions and let them burst out, and then you're good for nothing, and you can't say anything well. Mm. And I mean, to be honest, that's probably something you learned from your mother is that she used to just say whatever was on her mind, even if it was mean. She would say, I mean, she was the opposite of right of what I am, and so out would come some very hurtful, mean things, and they can never be unsaid, right. They're out there, and it's like I'm tolling a bell. Yeah, you cannot. Yeah, so that that's probably why I I, I decided not to do that. Or, mm-hmm. or my character was very different from hers anyway. Yeah, it, definitely. Yeah. I mean, would you say your character is more like your dad's? Uh, more measured. He was very measured. He was. He, also, he was a Gemini though, too, wasn't he? he? Oh no, he was uh, an Aquarius. Oh, an, he was an Aquarius. An air sign. Oh. So. We understood each other. That's why you're both air signs. My mom's a Gemini. Yeah. But he would become, when he would lose his temper, he would become very sarcastic. Really, really sarcastic. That's not you. You're not very sarcastic. No, I'm not. But you get, when you get very angry, you get very sarcastic, but like, it's not funny. Like, it's like, you're like, oh, is that right? (laughs) Like that type of extreme, but that's very rare. It's very rare that I've seen her that mad. No, I I don't be. I mean, you really, the thing that, that I do that I should not do is I let things build up. Mm -hmm. And so build up, build up, and I don't say a thing. And then Stephanie may say something like, you don't look nice today. I would never say and never then, say that. Kaboom. <laughs> and she will go, what did what I, I say? say? <laughs> so that's that's 
That's and a fault I'm, of mine. And I'm the opposite. I think I tell you every little thing. Yes. Like every little thing that bothers me because I, I somehow feel like if I tell her every single little piece, then eventually she'll get the whole puzzle, you know, and understand why I am the way that I am. Because I'm a very complex person. You are very complex. But yeah. then so is everybody really. Yeah, I know. You but know. I, I feel, I always say, like, I feel like I got abandoned here by the aliens. Like, I feel like I'm not, I don't quite fit in anywhere. Like, I, I feel like I fit in with my family because obviously I've been with them for so long, but spoiler alert she's not alien. i'm not an alien no. no you never know maybe they like impregnated you and you just never knew no no and i'm actually an alien but i think um i don't know i just have always felt a little bit otherworldly like i don't quite fit in people don't quite understand me but i wouldn't change who i am <laughs> it's taken me a long time to get here so going back to when i i was a child obviously you know i want to talk to you about like this shift in parenting you know because uh, maya and i were talking about this last night she showed me this old video of her parents at this dinner party and someone was taking a camcorder and recording and everyone was chatting and having a great time and talking and the only like the only thing that they were doing was just enjoying each other's presence it was like no phones no music you know just like going in like completely raw just like your your with your vibes and your conversation and like that that's all that there was and now you know the the kids all have tablets and they all have to like in order to be still at a restaurant like everybody has a tablet or they they're doing something or playing with something or they're on their phone or um you know like how, how are you glad that you were able to parent like in the 80s and 90s you know instead of well really you're still parenting. Uh, let's just say that. Um, what, what are you glad that we were kids in the eighties and nineties, as opposed to now? Like, do you feel like you'd have trouble navigating it? No, I, I would, because I think, you know, as a parent, you want to protect your children and certainly without so social media, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you can really contain the environment and what goes into your children and, easier to parent, I mm -hmm. think, if, you, uh, if you're looking after your children well. With social media, you have no clue what's going on out there and what influences your children are picking up that is... And maybe they're not even telling you. They're and they're up. not telling. And, and I don't envy parents of young children today, that's for sure. So, for example, I didn't get a cell phone... Well let's just say cell phones then it was like I could only dial like there's no texting there's no Facebook on it it was like just a green screen basically just like a DOS program just <laughs> so old but I didn't get a phone until I was 16 and I only had 100 minutes a month which dad quickly upped because he realized he was going to be spending a fortune however I digress if you had a 16 year old now would you give her a smartphone in this generation that's a or difficult would you, question. Because she needs to call you, obviously. Yes, yeah, so it, it, it is necessary to, to be in contact with your child. Would you take her phone away at a certain time at night? Like, what would you do? Yes, I think I would. Yeah. Up to certain Just age. Just say like 10 o'clock. Yes, computers. Phones downstairs. Laptops, notepads, gone. Yeah. I think that's yeah. good. That's probably what I would do, too. Yeah. I think so. Because even, and I don't know if you know this, I probably, I'm probably going to shock her 
um, now, but <laughs> not, I mean, here it comes. I mean, I'm fine. Like I'm here I am. Um, but you know, like AOL had come out and we were doing the instant messaging and I like, you're gonna, you're probably gonna laugh at this in the end. Just wait for, wait for the laugh. Um, so I met this guy online named Billy and it was in a chat room that we met. And he ended up asking me to go to his homecoming. And I'm sure you probably remember that I went to this homecoming at like Klein. It was Klein. Yes, I remember. Or whatever. I'd never met him before. No. Yeah, I just met him on the internet. Good heavens. But here's the funny part. And I don't know if you remember this part is that dad drove me to drop me off at, you know, his house. And dad gets out of the car and he goes, Donna? the mom oh and she goes rowley and i was like what's here <laughs> so they knew each other from business no yeah so i actually i was like okay well they, he must be good then oh my goodness <laughs> isn't that crazy so that's a good story it is a good story but that just goes to show you like i was how old seven 16 17 maybe and I was like meeting up technically like a stranger from the internet, albeit at his mom's with his mom and we're going to homecoming. So how was that evening? It was great. We had a great time. Yeah, we had a really good time. I wonder what he's up to. Hey, Billy. I mean, you'll never see this, but you know, it was um, one of those occasions where like later on, I thought to myself, like that could have gone really horribly wrong. <laughs> that could have. Could have. But at the time I was like, it's fine. It'll be fine. You know, it's good. So what about like when I went off to college? How was that for you? Well, talk about uh, how things evolved. When your child goes to college, that immediately that relationship will change at that point. Right. So that it becomes easier to change that relationship because you're gone for three months at a time or right. I wouldn't see you for three months at a time. And then mm -hmm. we, we would meet up again after two, Joyous. three months. Joyous occasion. It was a lovely occasion, but you had changed. You had evolved. I and had? so no, no, you did. You were <laughs> more a little bit more independent. A little bit more. Little. Not much more. I'm still really not know, there. In in increments. <laughs> but and so you realize that things are not quite the same. It's not the, like the 18-year-old high school child that you had at home before. In a plaid skirt. In a plaid skirt, in a uniform. <laughs> this is someone that is, is changing, is meeting uh, other types of people because at school you're always seeing the same people mm -hmm. over and over again. Mm -hmm. So you, you're becoming a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more mature, a little bit... So... Uh, at that point, you can't revert back and treat you like a high school girl anymore. <laughs> Although I did have a curfew when I came home from college. I still had to be home by like 1230. Yes, well. But I was under 21, so that makes sense. Yeah, well, you didn't you didn't shout about that too no, much. So no. that was an easy one to, to impose. I always wonder, like, what makes, like, what, what is different from me who say like respected you and dad saying you have this 12 o'clock curfew just say 12 o'clock blanket statement and the other like my other peers like other people my age who were like I don't give a shit what my parents say I'm gonna come home when I want like what I, I've never been able to put my finger on 
obviously it's within you and dad that you instilled that, you know, like you, that, that gave us that respect to you, but I've never put my finger on why it's different for us. Well, you just said the word right now, respect. Oh, well, yeah. Respect. And it's a two-way street. It's not just like child respecting the parents. Mm -hmm. It's the child respecting the child, Mm. parents respecting the child. Okay. So that is one word that is very, the biggest word that you can use. And the reason why I think uh, you just, you think about it and you, and you respect us. And that's why you said, okay, I'm fine with that. The only other thing that I can think of that's tangible is that like culturally, I found that all of like my first generation friends, my first generation American friends also did respected their parents' wishes to be home at a certain time, not to, you know, get a tattoo, not to get a piercing, whatever it was, you know, like all their rules, not to have a boyfriend in their room, those things. Um, It seems to be cultural, like the first generation kids respected it more. Not all, it's not a blanket statement. It's not for everybody, but I noticed like my American friends, they were the ones like breaking curfew and not really caring. I don't know what to say to that, except that, yes, culturally, there is a stronger bond between parent and child. Mm -hmm. Certainly, that's true of uh, the Italian side of the family. Right. I feel like when you're 18 here, because you you always hear people say, like, only 18 more years, like, and then that's it, and they wash their hands of it, kind of a thing, but, I mean, you're still parenting me, you know, 30-something years, 30-something years later. Um, but for, and I don't know how it is for other people, but I feel like our relationship is one of the most important ones I have, you know, if not the most. It is. Uh, also, I think Europeans tend to be, tend to have been, maybe it's all changed now, but mm. more stricter. I know that when I was young and I was engaged to your father, mm-hmm. your nonna mm-hmm. was following us in the car. Even though she was telling you you were going to be a spinster if you didn't get married. She did. That was hurtful. Yeah. But anyway, here I was engaged to your dad. And you were 30. And I was close to 30. And uh, your father looked at the mirror and he said, your mother's following us again. She was doing a stakeout. (laughs) That's that's my strict upbringing. Yours was not as strict. But I think the few threads of what I went through came through to you well, as and well. that's okay I think that's good I th- I, feel, I feel like I would be I feel like I would be strict if I were a parent like I I don't know I'd be so protective just because of the things that I did yes. and learned from well I think you're you're fairly strict with your nephews oh yeah I am strict she really is quite strict <laughs> you know and I stand back and I go that's good yeah yeah I'm like well I just I talk to to him to jack the older one i talked to him as if he were a little adult i'm like why are you doing that do you need to be doing that you know and i just and he just he doesn't say anything back to me but he the tone or something he just gets that he's yeah he he computes it in his head yeah (laughs) and i try to explain things yeah and i like the other what was the other oh i was trying to explain what an ancestor was because i showed him a picture of an iguana and he said, this is an iguanodon, like a dinosaur. Right. And I was like, actually, you're right, because this is a descendant. It was an answer. And I was like, he's not going to understand what I'm saying at all. But I tried to explain it. 
I try to talk to him like he's a little adult because I want him to be empowered. Mm, that know? particular subject you lost. I know. He was not having it. I know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so my friend Anna, she, uh, my friend Anna, who lives in Atlanta, she found um, on sh- her daughter, Evelyn has like a little phone and um, she just like, she doesn't, she just texts, like she just has like Wi-Fi ability, not to call out or whatever, but just to text her mom or whatever. She's nine. And so she Anna said she found this was um the home screen on her daughter's phone so it says this is a note to myself I am enough I'm amazing I won't let others hurt me I can accomplish anything if I believe I can be happy I can be myself and I will always remember I am enough wow she wrote this she is nine she is nine years old and she said Evie made the screensaver my heart and so she said, I'm making it my screensaver. She said, it's so precious. I can be happy. I won't let anyone hurt me, you know? So good. just, yeah. So I was like, that's, that's a reflection of you, you know? That is a very good mother right there. Yeah. So I, I think that today's parenting, what really has to change with mother-daughter is you have to protect them from the trolls, like the, these people that are so mean. They say the meanest stuff at school, on the internet. You know, like these kids are killing themselves because they feel inadequate. They feel like nobody likes them. They feel like they're fat, they're ugly, they're this, they're that, and they're just growing. And I feel like it's not a peaceful existence. And you have to like start instilling these things from when they're babies. Like you are enough. You're so, you know how I say to Jack, I'm like, who's my big, beautiful boy? And he's like, Jack. And I just, I want him to know he's beautiful. He's a beautiful boy. So that's something that I think I, I would use as a parent, as a tool is to use the affirmations, you know? Which is Always, I think, what we try to do at home, yeah. both for you and for your sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, always try to encourage. Uh, but again, that also pro- this protective instinct. Oh, know, yeah. To uh, if someone said something to you at school, <laughs> racing in. <laughs> I'll tell them about the story with Mrs. Epps. Mrs. Co- Epps. Yeah, the college story. Uh, mm-hmm. The college story. So let me preface this by, I went to an all-girls private Catholic school. So the college admissions process was very strict. They had someone on staff that was there forever. And she would basically, you know, um, she would, what's the word, mom? Guide you through the whole process. She would guide you through the whole, like curate the whole process for you. So you would have the initial meeting of like where you think you want to go. And then like like a college counselor type of role. but even more right right okay so so um stephanie wanted to go into the hospitality industry and there were two universities i think at that point there was cornell and then there was las vegas unlv unlv and so unlv stephanie applied to unlv Mm -hmm. and was accepted the there was one particular teacher who shall remain nameless, nameless, but ridiculed her choice of college in front of the in whole front class. of that entire class. Mm-hmm. Stephanie came home absolutely devastated and just, just literally sat in a corner and cried, and it broke my heart. And I said, 
that is not right at all. So I immediately um, sent off an email to the famous Mrs. Epps, this curator of, <laughs> of the girls, and told her that this was uh, un really unforgivable. Mm -hmm. This is her choice. There are two universities that offer these courses. UNLV is one of the better ones, and that's where Stephanie was and going. And her choice it. was was should not be questioned or ridiculed. Yeah, I got a phone call the following day, and from please, that teacher, from that teacher, and apologies were issued you know, issued <laughs> and i think instructions given to all the teachers not only to that one mm -hmm. teacher about not to to comment on the choice of of university it was you know the, the, i think the comments were something like no one has ever gone to unlv which they had in this school it's and true. that was true you know but then no one but i'm proud of that but no one had uh, applied to uh, to be uh, no one in the really hospitality, hospitality industry. Yeah. So I also knew Las Vegas pretty well because we'd gone there a lot growing up. Yes. You know, I yeah. do. I I did not wish Stephanie to be questioned as to her choices. Mm -hmm. uh, that was her choice, and it was to be respected. If she was uh, seventeen or eighteen years old at the time, it should be respected. Mm -hmm. Mom to the rescue. Thanks, mom. That, that was the end of that. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I actually didn't. I don't think I knew that she had done it. I don't. You didn't tell me you were going to call, but you or email, but you did. Um, and you know, I, I loved, I loved having my mom. You know, do like kind of baby me sometimes. Like, mom, could you make me a doctor's appointment? Could you go do this? For it's that, just like, yeah, nice. that was just yesterday. Yeah, that was yeah, that was this morning. <laughs> Um, no, but it's just, it's nice to, you know, feel like a little baby sometimes. It's, yeah. you need it every once and then, in a and while. And then nice to mother as well. <laughs> you know what a mother needs? It feels so good when you feel that your child needs you, you know, <laughs> mom, oh my gosh, I'm in such trouble. Can you come? Of course. <laughs> the cavalry. I mean, it, it, it does my heart good to know that my girls call me up at the drop of a hat if they feel they're in trouble or they're worried. All my instincts are to protect and love these girls, even now. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm not a mom, but I, I feel that instinct with the kids, with my nephews. I, I really feel that instinct kick in pretty hard, even yeah. though they're not mine. I know, but you're so close to them. <laughs> so close, yeah. I know. And they're my god babies too. I have to protect them. Um, so what about talking let, let's talk about briefly like I don't know if it can be brief but when you have when you decide there's there's a lot of women who try to keep men by getting pregnant and what we, a mistake right okay <laughs> what and mistake. you know that I, I recently like had an ex-boyfriend who had that situation happen to him 10 years ago or whatever and I mean, look at like the chaos that is still going on a decade later with them. Um, but what do you think, like, what do you have advice you have to give to a woman who's like debating trying to keep a man by having a baby? It's such a big mistake. When you are around babies, even two parents <laughs> find it so difficult to bring up a child 
can you imagine being single, maybe having no one around you and trying to bring up a child? Also, if you do have a child and you you do it to keep a man, I think a man will, for the most part, run away. It just uh, will. I think it's a death sentence for it your is relationship. A death sentence and children. You know that's why when my daughters got married, the biggest advice I told them was: do not have children. Do not have children right away. straight away. Yeah, just wait. You know, two, three, four years, five years. Kick up your heels. Go see the world. If you have children or have been around children, you know you have no time for yourself, let alone travel. Like, let alone even try to go pee. Exactly. Literally, I'm literally, I'm not even joking or exaggerating. Yeah. It's it's hard to even. You're, it's it's an hour later. You're like, shit, I never peed. Like it literally happens. Right. But also the fact that like you shouldn't be trying to keep a man period. He should want to be with you. And I think one of the most important pieces of advice that my mom ever gave me that never resonated until this year, maybe last year, I asked her, I I said, mom, how would you feel if dad left you? And they've been together 40 years. So it's been a long time and they're very close and they have a beautiful, beautiful love and a beautiful respect and relationship. And my mom said to me, she'd be like, I, I, I would be very sad. I would be, you know, heartbroken. I would cry. She's like, but I'd be okay. And at the time, this was like 10 years ago. I was like, what do you mean you'd be okay? I would just like, because whenever I got dumped at that time, I would just shrivel up and die. Like I would just be on the floor. Like my life is over. My identity is wrapped up in this man. What do I do now? And I never like loved myself enough to understand that I am enough on my own. And that's what you were trying to tell me. And I just, I didn't, it didn't register, but I, it stuck with me. Uh, You know, if you think yourself as a half, trying to find the other half and be a whole. Yeah. That is such a wrong yeah. premise. Right. You have to be, first of all, very comfortable mm-hmm. in your skin, mm-hmm. comfortable and confident of who you are. Right. If you think you're going to find that in a man or, or that will help you, mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. You have to go in as a complete person into mm-hmm. a marriage. Also, I want you to tell them your advice about, you know how they say opposites attract, but you don't believe that. The more things you have in common, the better. The more things you share, the better. I have seen so many couples uh, live lives in parallel. You know, she has her interests, he has his interests, Mm -hmm. and they sort of come together and then chips passing in the night. That for... Time and time again, I have seen couples just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Your father and I come from two cultures, it's true. Yeah. But we have one thing very much in common in that he was educated by the Jesuits. I was educated by the Sacred Heart. French education or, or French-based education mm-hmm. And this has given us, the base itself has given us so much in common. We think alike. We, our work ethic is alike. Mm-hmm. There are so many things. Even though he was born in Egypt, I was born in England, and yet we have so much in common. Yeah. So, And they're both Catholic, by the way. I know that a lot of people, whenever they hear my dad was born in Egypt, um, 
they automatically assume Muslim, which would be, I mean, I don't even know what your relationship would look like if, if, if dad had been a Muslim. Well, I, I know from my own parents, mm -hmm. uh, my father was Jewish mm -hmm. and my mother was Catholic. And so they would never worship together. That mm -hmm. was, that was uh, as a child, you go, well, that's the way it is. You don't mm -hmm. even think about it. Mm -hmm. But looking back, you know, I would be taken to the synagogue on, on Saturday <laughs> and then the Catholic church. You were like, Sunday, why do I have to do this twice? <laughs> <laughs> accepted it all no but, i know but i never saw my parents together in a, a in a place of worship yeah that was very um, you know looking back that was unsettling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i accepted it but it was unsettling and, but they were so different they were like incredibly different right. and nana was way younger too a lot younger when she yeah. than i was right yeah so yeah. Yeah, and I think at the like at the time it was accepted to have a young wife and an older gentleman, but but when you, when you think about it from the young girl's perspective, that's probably really a lot of pressure on on a young woman to come into a nice, upstanding British household and make a home. It must be hard. It, it was horrible. It was after the uh, the Second World War, right. and there was rationing, and and it was kind of grim. Right. I don't know how she stood it, actually. But right. anyway, she did. And she had you. And she had me. <laughs> a lot one. of, you know what's funny is, like, a lot of people ask me, because of the Italian thing, they always go, doesn't your mom pressure you to have babies? No. No. She's never. No, because it is, as I said before, very difficult to raise uh, children, mm -hmm. even with two parents and with a whole set of grandparents behind you. It still is a very difficult task. And let's be honest with everybody. Like when my sister said she was pregnant, she and I were like, oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> we're, like, Terrible. That's, we're like, that's exciting, but like, kind of also not but as soon as we saw Jack, but then you just fall in love as as soon, soon, and everybody said you'll see when you'll you get see, into the you'll hospital see. Sure. and it was right and then your heart <laughs> just goes boom we were both like oh, we're not gonna be able to travel as much anymore and honestly they're worth it i mean i i miss traveling i mean you know the pandemic didn't really help a lot at all because you haven't been to italy in two almost two and a half, half years. years they're they're gonna go to italy soon um we the, have we have a place there so yeah. which we need to the sell. great departures coming yeah. yeah unbelievable i know and our family we haven't seen them and um, the la we were we were in Egypt with our Egyptian family when the pandemic hit, and that was like around my birthday, 2020. So at least we got to see them. <laughs> oh my gosh, hopefully we'll see them again soon. But traveling is definitely priority at this point, just to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, so she's never pressured me about it re getting remarried or having babies or anything like that. She's like, I don't care if you're gay, straight, lesbian, whatever, you know, like she's never pressured me in that way. And, um, and I, I appreciate that because I already have enough societal pressure, you know, that I'm, I'm single. I don't have kids. Aren't you, don't you need to freeze your eggs? Don't you? Need to, I'm like, no, 
God has a plan. And if my plan is to be single, then, then that's my mission. And if it's to have babies when I'm 45, then that's my mission. I don't know. It used to be different. Yeah. It used to be when you were 20, though, mm-hmm. if you were not married at that time, it was a disaster, <laughs> you know, a spinster. Some pride and prejudice stuff going on. <laughs> but now I think it is, it's, there's no need. If you don't find the love of your life, why settle? Why go for second or third best? Why settle? That's... Why settle? Mm-mm. And honestly, if I were to get married again, I would just want to go do it in court, and then we just all go on a little vacation. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I don't even care about. That's the thing. I think when I got married the first time, all I cared about was the wedding and the ring and the honeymoon, and I really never did like the work of understanding what marriage meant and what love meant. But I don't think I could have ever captured that or learned that at that age. But you were so young. I know, that's what I mean. Yes, very, very young. Jacqueline and Jack are super lucky because they were so similar when they met at 19. Well, they met before that, but whenever. They got together at 19. And then they dated for how many years? Five Five or six. Five or six. And then they got married. And then, oh, and his proposal was so great. We all got, we all went to New Orleans and we all had a second line. He hired a marching band. Like it was super cool. And then they didn't even know that we were there. His parents. It was a surprise. Her parents. Yeah. Yeah. Her sister. My my ex-boyfriend was there. It was, it was really, really fun. We had a great time. We, it was, and we sprang out of the bushes. They were shocked. Yeah. 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 They were shocked. And she she was like bright red. Do you remember? She was so excited. She she broke out in hives. She did break out in hives. But it was, I mean, they, they they're lucky. Like they, and let's not, let's, that's not to say they haven't had issues. Every couple have issues. But the, the thing, the most important thing that I've learned from my parents and my sister's relationship is that you keep things in the family or, or private. You know, you don't go on Facebook, you don't go on social media, you don't go run your mouth to your friend all the time. Like if you have one friend, your best friend or something that you trust, like that's okay. But don't put your business out there because when you do that, first of all, you look in, like an idiot. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. And then it's out there forever. It's out there forever. Yeah. It's out there. And everyone will always remember that one time that you put that status on Facebook that was like, fuck my husband. He's a piece of shit. And then everyone's going to think your husband's a piece of shit when he's really yeah. not. So, <laughs> mom's the word. Yeah. And my, my dad doesn't even have, so- well, he got an Instagram. He did. Only because of you. Only because of tested him. <laughs> <laughs> there's no other reason it just says his name and he it's says, like a blank photo. i have to do this because i should shut up <laughs> a lot of people do things so i'll shut up that's actually um not but a it's bad a good way. thing no 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 it's you know, a good listen thing. you know what and they, then he's delighted yeah well don't you always say what, what do you always say the squeaky wheel gets the oil or something yes. like that mm-hmm. i don't know what the expression is all right mom we could probably talk forever we honestly could. um and, but and i do we do <laughs> And but, love, so love. if you oh, could, the other oh, the other secret me. ingredient of a good relationship with your daughter and your mother is humor oh, lots yeah. of laughter oh yeah because we do we yeah. sometimes fall on the floor laughing. inside jokes yeah. inside jokes abound with us we'll say something and they'll be like what do you mean just don't worry about since I joke yeah and they're from like a long time ago too uh, lines from uh, movies yeah and we still chuckle <laughs> and movies that no one else likes like it's only our family I remember do you remember speaking of Maya do you remember I brought noises off yes I do and she was like like completely crickets 
like not even one laugh and like you and I when we watched it we were just crying we just uh, oh was that the time that we you had such a headache we had to no to that come. was it's a mad 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 world oh yes yeah yeah we that had to actually too. stop the film I had a headache from laughing, from laughing so hard and we were together anyway we just and we quote lines all the time yeah, to each other do. and we laugh we do so humor and lots of laughter together that's that's and a I good think recipe also not taking it like we try not to take each other so seriously like we have inside jokes surrounding dad calling ranch 99 farm 52 <laughs> and, and we da- still laugh and we still laugh <laughs> but like, my dad just makes up names for things like he doesn't he 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 generally gets like what do you say oh an elephant in a crystal shop instead of a bull in a china shop yeah like things like yeah. that but my dad's so like good spirited that he just laughs along with us or he's like oh whatever, whatever. rolls his eyes and whatever. Whatever. here they go again <laughs> you know so but it's like not mean-spirited we're always we always yeah. try to be uplifting and positive of one another and respect each other and i think you know that's what makes our family so different and that's why i feel so blessed and, you know, you and I have talked about this, but I think like the only thing that I wish I could have changed about myself is to like educate myself before I went out to college that not all families are like us because I never really knew, <laughs> to be honest. Like I never, I never How understood that. How could you that. possibly even learn that yeah. without being? No, you can. No. It's... But I wish I would have somehow knew because I, I blindly trusted people and I was just like, yeah, come on over. I, remember the girl, I invited her into my dorm room. I went to the bathroom and I was like, after this, we'll go to lunch. And when I came out of the bathroom, she was gone and she had taken my debit card. Do you remember? Yes, I do. Remember. And then she, it was at a tattoo shop and yeah. you freaked out. Um, but no, but like, I just blindly trusted people to do the right thing. And, and they never did. <laughs> Never did. But that's experience. I mean, yeah. that's the good thing about going to college mm-hmm. is that you all of a sudden you're on your own two feet. Mm-hmm. And of course, we were in the background, but not as available as when you're at home. Do you have any regrets with motherhood? None. None, absolutely none. I have two wonderful daughters and uh, they make me proud every single day. Would you change anything about me or Sissy? No. Not really. really. You are both both <laughs> unique. I love you in very separate ways. Everybody says, do you have a favorite? No. How can I compare the two? I love uh, Stephanie is who she is. Her sister is who she We're is. We're so different. Very, wow. very different. And so my love for, for them is very different from, you know, one another. So if you, I, you know, I always ask this on every show, if you saw your 20-year-old self walking down the street, and you could go up to her and embrace her and talk to her and tell her like one thing, one piece of advice, what would you tell her? I I think it's going to be repeating what I said before. Don't be a half looking for a hole. Mm, I love that. Did you, you you felt like you did that in your dating life? Yes. Like, oh, I can't wait to get married to, to get away from my parents or to, Mm. to be independent and not to be so scrutinized and criticized. Mm -hmm. And I thought marriage would be the way out. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I was able to withstand that for a decade before finding really the right person. Mm -hmm. And And they got married in seven months, seven months. Pretty close. Yeah. So, and they knew. knew We just, we both knew. 
Mm-hmm. So they met at a wedding. Met at a wedding, and then and uh, then my she wrote your number on a matchbook, and then, and then my dad never told her he was leaving the country the next day. So what happened? So day number one, no phone call. Day you're like watching two, and nothing. And I thought, well, I thought it had gone so well. What happened? Mm-hmm. Well, he had gone to Saudi Arabia, and of course. <laughs> When he came you can't, back. You can't, there's no texting or calling. No, not at the, not then. And But then when he came back after a month, <laughs> and he has a very unusual name, Rowie. Yeah. And so when he phoned me, hello, Jane, this is Rowie. And I went, Rowie who? <laughs> like, there's so many Rowies so in coy. this world. But he, <laughs> he fell so, for it. He fell for it. He was like, oh, you know, we met at the we wedding. Met. Don't you remember? You're like, oh yeah, vaguely. Yeah, how are you? (laughs) But then, but my heart was thumping. Oh, that's so sweet, mom. Maybe one day it'll happen for me too. You never know. You never know. Well, thank you so much for coming on the luxury dropout. Can I give you a hug? Of course, you can give me a hug. I love you. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This was a really special one for me. I actually wanted my mom to come on my first episode. But she was like, that's too easy. You need to start harder and then I'll come on later. And so now, now she did. For Mother's Day. For Mother's Day. But I, you know, my mom is so, so, so vital and important to me in my life. And she is my rock. She's my everything, the most important person. You know, obviously my nephews and my sister, my dad, they're all so important to me. But this is the woman who, you know, I, I try to model myself after and, you know, look at things with grace, handle things with grace, instead of sometimes like my psycho ass would just go off and my anxiety would let things take over. And so I try to always think about my mom and how she would handle stuff. You're making me blush. Oh, good. Oh, how lovely. Thank I you. you. Yeah, no problem. So make sure to like, comment and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're watching on any streaming audio platform, make sure you subscribe there too. You can leave a review. We're just both happy that you're here with us today. And we hope that you had an amazing Mother's Day. And I am just wishing you all the best sending our love and blowing you a kiss. Mm-hmm. Bye. That's a wrap for this episode of The Luxury Dropout. Make sure to visit stephaniejoplin.com to find all of Steph's episodes, including full podcast descriptions and photos of her guests. Until next time, besties.